In association with the Omniverse Comics Guide, this is the Cave of Solitude, your pop culture and comic book podcast coming to you from all over the world. I'm your host, Eric Anthony, and this is episode 315. And boom, we are on and running. Dave Molyneux, welcome back. Why, well, thank you. How you been keeping, nice my to friend? Be here. Yeah, good. Good day to you. Not too bad. Not too. You know, this is uh, our new tradition going through the uh, the catalogs, the comic book release catalogs. And the month of December is here, and we almost missed doing this one. We just get it under the wire. <laughs> Some of the things we're going to talk about will, will be released, I think, today, because it is December first tomorrow uh, as of our recording. So we'll release it right under the wire. It'll be good. It's all good. It's all good. I mean, the thing is, it'd be good because for some of them, because people can go, oh, that sounds awesome. I can go out and actually buy it immediately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing at all. The The thing I remembered, I mean, I don't know about you. I think you had probably, I had a, probably a harder time, was trying to find things that I hadn't listed already because things have been pushed back that I had listed on mm. previous uh, episodes of Coming Soon. And... December is also a month that gets slim pickings, just generally speaking, because of the holiday scheduling and season. I remember going to the comic book shops and throughout the years, and my comic book, uh, the owner of the shop would always be like, next week, like four titles. I'm like, really? I mean, that's that's a lie. It was never four titles, but it was always Another. slim pickings Come near on. the end of December. Always. Just It was kind of like the trend, even in the previews catalog back when everybody was under diamond december was always like i guess you it gotta kind of should be though right because should be i mean the thing is i don't know I buy but, my but presents, it's christmas time you know, october too. november yeah <laughs> so but i guess some people aren't prepared no no so and where do you get your list from when you look for um, new releases I get the list from amazon but i generally don't support amazon sorry you. jeff <laughs> screw you buddy <laughs> I don't think he's there anymore. Jeff, if you're listening. <laughs> On your yacht. <laughs> In your rocket. Yeah, Lex Luthor. I unfortunately do support Amazon. Uh, I don't have much else of a choice unless I want to pay a lot of money for all the books I get. So Yeah, that's the tricky thing. That's the tricky thing. But uh, wherever you get your books from, do your best to save yourself money so you can get as much as you can. But also, if yeah. you can support a local comic shop, do so. It's always good to support the, the brick-and-mortar places. So you're right. For sure. Okay. So for... Yes. Do you want to go first? I'll go first. I was going to suggest... Yeah. I'll go first this time because I think you got a lot more selections. And we'll probably have a couple of overlapping, knowing our taste. I reckon you'll have three that are on my list, I reckon. Yeah? Yeah, yeah I think you're right. Yeah. I think I know the three. Okay. So I'm going to start with one that I think is not on your list for sure okay and it is something i've been waiting to read in collected format i think i would have to do a lot of catch-up to kind of get to this point of the story maybe but it's the tom king batman catwoman series with clay man the 12 issues um i guess because it's supposed to be the bow to his run that I don't even know if it takes place in the regular continuity anymore. I'm not sure either. No, I don't think it does. Maybe it does, or maybe it doesn't. But either way, 
What intrigued me about it was that he was dipping into the animated series characters. So the Phantasm oh, is, really? is in this story. Yeah, Andrea Beaumont. Spoilers for anyone who hasn't watched Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Probably best to say spoilers first. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll edit that. Whatever. At this point, if you don't know who the Phantasm is and you like Batman, come on. But it's not a character that's been explored very much, right? And it would be fitting in, in the romance uh, part of Batman's life between him and Catwoman for there to... If you're going to interrupt it with any other character that, in a, like a fan's mind, was a... was a, I mean, who? Other than Catwoman, you got Talia. Depending on how deep into Batman lore you go... You might get Silver St. Cloud if, if you, you know, which is very small drop in the bucket of all of the. Women. I can only think of Vicky Vale. That's because of Kim, Kim Bassinger, Basinger, Bass, whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and the version she plays in the movie apparently was more inspired by Silver St. Cloud. Cloud. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I've been told. Well, that's what Steve right. Engelhart tells everybody. <laughs> you could see it. You could see it for sure. So. Anyways, getting back to this release, um, I didn't want to buy it monthly. I wanted to read it in, in, in full when it's complete to see if it's even worth it. But I love Batman. Um, I enjoyed the movie this, the, that came out with Robert Pattinson, which has a lot of that relationship between him and Selena explored in a really cool way. So yeah, I'd be down for reading this. I know you're kind of on the fence with Tom King at this point. So am I. I was straddling it with this book. Because a part of me is like, it's 12 issues as well, I think, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah. it's a fair chunk. So yeah. you get a decent amount of story. But yeah, I don't know with Tom King. So I might read it in uh, digital on DC Infinite first. Yeah. See. Yeah, that's fair. That's a good That's a good way to gauge if, if you want to put something on your shelf. Yeah. But that, that'll be my first, uh, I guess, interest. of. I don't know if it would be the first thing I buy out of the things that I've listed. But uh, I'll definitely have my my eye on the lookout for that one, because I think okay. too Tom King is really good at the twelve issue storytelling format. That's where he thrives. He can be. It's it's, one that's, it's like with Mister Miracle. I absolutely loved Mister Miracle. I loved it. It's amazing. It was brilliant. It's amazing. But I didn't like um, Adam Strange at all. So I haven't read Adam Strange or Rorschach, but I liked Omega Men. I know some people are kind of like split. I liked that a lot. I liked Vision. I liked Mister Miracle. Yeah, Vision was great. Those were great. I, I enjoyed parts of his Batman. Like I I was in for it and then I was kind of like, you know what? The fact that you think you need a hundred issues, like you're, you're stretching, you're letting us know I'm going to let this stretch. It's like, yeah, you should always be ready to have like a, a way out of your story. Because a hundred issues, I think, is that was the norm at one point. So it shouldn't be such a bad thing. But Is it though? Do people usually stay around for a hundred issues? They used to. How long did Chris Claremont stay on X Men? Yeah, but that's that's unique. Chris Claremont was. How like, long did I can't think of anyone else? <laughs> Peter David on Hulk. But, um, yeah, there are going to be exceptions. But those those guys were on it for the appropriate number of years, where he was doing two issues a month. So he was doing all of that. What Claremont oh, and David? Yeah, like. Really, really in a short period of time, giving you a lot of story, which is fine. But it's it's kind of like you got to issue 50 and it was like, psych. Oh, yeah. Build up, build up, build up. And nope, now you got to spend That's the next. That's drops it. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. And I was kind of like, okay, no, I don't like that. But I want to see how the 12 no, issues... Don't end. sell any other book. <laughs> yeah. But that's why it, once he got to finishing telling his Bane story, he says, I'm going to take 12 issues and just focus on Batman and Selina. And I said, yeah, do that. Do your 12-issue love story thing that you love to do all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Let's see what you got. So that'll be my first pick. Cool. Nice shot. Um, okay. I'm going to pick one that you, I'm assuming you haven't got. Okay. Um, which is the complete, the killer, which has got too many thes in the title. Um, but it's from Archaea. It was originally a French series called whatever the killer is in French. Um, I did know, I did actually look it up at some point a while back, <laughs> but I failed French GCSE. So yeah, good luck with that. Le killer. Um, it's basically about a hitman um, who works his way up through almost like this political structure in the end, and he becomes a bit of a key figure. And he's supposed to be one of these people that's in the background, and he he lives on his own, and he doesn't have a home, and he goes to different countries, and he does his job, and he has lots of money, but he doesn't really have a life. So it's all about him essentially earning that life but also getting far too involved in the politics of what he's doing. And you get all of his insights into how the world works and you're reading it going, dude, that's a fair point, man. I've never thought about it that way before. And there's loads of interesting things about like how things work and how different countries are set up. And it's really insightful. It's ridiculously insightful. Um, And I bought the paperback version a while ago and I gave it five stars. It was just, it was so good I read it really really quickly it's by um, Mats or Mats um, and Luke Jackamon um, it's probably should I should be pronouncing with an accent but I thought it might just sound a bit um, <laughs> <laughs> no so but it's like 768 pages and they're releasing it in hardcover this time because there, there's about to be a Netflix series starring uh, what's his name the guy that played Magneto the younger one not Fastbender, Michael Fastbender. Yeah, Michael Fastbender. Yeah, so they're doing it as a TV series. Um, it's it's so good, but it's such like I was describing it to someone recently, and they went, "This sounds like an amazing book." And I went, "Yeah, like, do you want to have a look?" And they opened it. They went, "Oh, it's a comic." Like, yeah, <laughs> that's no bad thing. But they couldn't go over it being a comic. But like, it's so smart. It's very smart. It's very clever. It's very heavy. Um, there are moments of humor in it, but it's just his outlook on the world more than anything. But it's there are some really te- intense moments, like action moments. Um, it's got a bit of everything in it. And it's the kind of thing where you're reading it going, am I going to like this? And then you're in. And you're in for the full 768 pages. And I think I read it in two or three days, you know, time allowing. Wow. Okay. It's great. I'm, so I'm... that's the complete, the killer second edition hardcover okay i did not have this i never heard of this before but i love when they uh, when a publishing company is so behind a story that they want to put it all together for people to read i don't it's funny when you bring up the fact that it's going to be a show that people are going to watch and then when you tell them that it's an incredible book and you show them it's a comic book it's like well is i think it's just embarrassment People don't yeah, want it. That they don't want belief that it's comics to superheroes or juvenile. Um, like it's got to be yeah. juvenile. 
Yeah, it's yeah. a shame. It's frustrating. But I think like this is one of those things you can't, it's undeniably smart. It's undeniably not for kids. Um, it's just such an engrossing read. And also like it's meant to be the full story, admittedly, but a correction to that is that actually a follow-up series, a follow-up mini that came out earlier this year, I think, Six Issues, is also out in the same month. I think it's called The Killer Affairs of State. Um, and it comes out roughly at the same time. So it's ends up being a set if you get them both. Um, but yeah, it's I don't know if, if Affairs of State is any good. The ending of, of The Complete Killer is, is enough. Um, but yeah, I mean, definitely get that. Definitely get the, the chunkier one because um, it's some good reading. Okay, I'm going to keep my eye on that. Uh, I'm going to write it down as we speak. The Killer by Matt's. Yeah. M-A-T-Z. The killer. It's his ugly name. <clears throat> I think he writes novels under a different name. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Which is also kind of telling about comics, isn't it? <laughs> I know. It still has that uh, pen name aspect, like Stan Lee. Yeah. Oh, funnily enough, I've literally just seen a thing, an update on this, that's just saying it's going to be released in February. Seriously? No, I saw. Uh, I saw. I just looked it up as you spoke about it, and it said December twentieth. Now it's February. I don't know. It could be February. It could be December at this point. I know. You know what, folks? Anyone listening, don't hold us to it because that's the date that we've been given most recently, and mm-hmm. they're likely to change. So just keep up with some of the the. We're gonna try to give you five different ones every month. And yeah. just keep your eye on those titles. That's the best way to do it at this point, I think. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna try to pick. I'm gonna, most both of all of my picks this month are are mainstream. None of them are uh, from Image or Dark Horse, unfortunately. But my next one is is one that I really like. I would always recommend it to be to people to be like your entry level, like give it a try, see see how you acclimate to the character presented this way and it's uh mark wade lanil Yu, superman birthright i don't know if that was on your list no, i don't know if you've ever read but it it's but i'm it's on order <laughs> okay okay have you read it before no and I've, I've got it mostly on the strength of what you said about it in, in our own conversations i think i really hope you like it then because it was uh i like mark wade the lineal you are at first was an adjustment for me as far as his style of drawing Superman is, you know, his style is very unique. You recognize it immediately, yeah. which is beautiful. But at first it was, I was like, man, this is an interesting look for, for a character who you've gotten used to looking like Tom Grummet or Dan Jurgens or like Ed McGuinness draws it. This was very stylized, almost Marvel-like. But it's a great updated version of Superman at a time where I think people were becoming familiar with Smallville. Right. And that history of the the, the type of upbringing he had. And I think it restored the, not to spoil the story, but it was something that restored certain things that came from like the Bronze Age of Superman in the sense that he didn't meet Lex Luthor when he flew to, when he moved to metropolis he they encountered each other as young kids oh okay kind of like the smallville right right, right. 
So it 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 was a good way to kind of like blend a little bit of that mythology into a. It kind of took what John Byrne did and put it into the way Bendis treated Spider Man. Like let's make Superman or originate at a time where they have the internet. Yes. That sort of update, time okay. lapse, and. Um, I know this will be discouraging to you, but I found that it was also a, a lot of what inspired the Man of Steel movie. Oh, okay. As far as how to present Superman to the world for the first time. Now, keep in mind, this is Mark Way. This is like a love letter to a character he loves. He, I don't know why he hasn't done a Superman run because that's his favorite character. He often talks. No, I assume he has. He has done Superman, but this is kind of what he's known for. Like, he's gotten 12 straight issues of telling a fresh sort of origin. I like it, personally. I, it's one that, that uh, sits well with me, even having reread it. And you got, you know, the Superman from Jeff John's Secret Origin. Is that what it was called? Yeah. I, one of the things I read about Secret Origin, that I saw a thing that was basically Secret Origin versus Birthright, which is the the origin story to read and most people tended to be towards birthright yeah i would too and i and jeff johns is like i I, we've talked about this ad nauseum i love him i love jeff johns as a comic books writer yeah i probably if i had to do like a ranking of my favorite him and mark wade would be fighting for a spot but i'd probably go with johns well as a writer or just as a like story as a as a comic book, like two writers who I kind of think of, like if they write it, I'll give it a chance sort of thing. Right, yeah. I put them in that same category. But I would go with Birthright because it's, to me it felt more original, whereas Secret Origins felt more like a greatest hits. Okay, and the poppy version. Yeah, like let's lean into the Christopher Reeve Superman a little bit more. And he looks a bit more like him, doesn't he? Because of Gary Frank art. In, Jerry, in the they, they draw him perfect. Yeah, they, they draw him yeah. to feel that way. Because uh, Jeff Johns loved, uh, he worked with Richard Donner. Yeah. Right? So it's everything is an homage to Richard Donner, ultimately. When he works on Superman, he always does something to... Didn't, didn't they do Richard Donner and, and Jeff Johns worked on Superman literally together as a series, as a, yeah. as a action comics? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the way that they, they drew the Fortress of Solitude in that was completely out of the Richard Donner movie. Right, and they even gave it not not exactly, but you felt the the Mar- Marlon Brando voice of Jarrell when you read it. Okay, you know, so yeah, with with all the different Superman origins that exist, and you know, you got the even the the very very short version that Grant Morrison does in those three panels that is just perfect. Like there are these definitive Superman stories, and I put Birthright up there just because it makes you think like. That's a good modernized way to present this character who represents hope, but how the hell can you trust him? And there's so many reasons why, like there's so many ways to get the public to turn on him. Like that's, that's in, that was interesting to me. That's but, kind of the first time they've done that probably, that tape. Was it? I felt like it to was. To that degree. To that, I felt like it was. I'm sure that, that I mean, they've, Done all kinds of things recently where he gives away his identity now. Like he's constantly yeah, more letting recently, people, yeah. yeah. That that's become the norm in the new fifty two. They did that to him, and then in in uh, Bendis did that. It's like whatever. 
But at this time, it, it also it also is a story. I know I'm speaking a little too much about it, but it's also a story where you saw like it would kind of suck to be Clark Kent when he becomes Superman. Like it, that's not an easy existence. Right. Because when you when you are trying to live a quiet, subdued life, you can hear everybody still. Yeah. And you're still and and what we forget, like he's an alien, but he's a he's a humanoid. He's just from another planet, but emotionally, yeah. he wants to be accepted. Yeah, he's still just a person. He's still a guy. Yeah. So there's little moments there where it's like, man, that's that, that sucks. That must be tough. So I, when you read it, I hope you enjoy it. I know a lot of things I recommend to you. Like couldn't get through it. <laughs> this <laughs> drivel. No. <laughs> Maybe sometimes. Sometimes, but yeah, I like this one. I, I recommend. This is not one I'm purchasing. I already own it, but I recommend people to give this one a shot if you haven't. I'm I'm purchasing it. Okay. So yeah, I fully hope that I like it. I hope you but like I'm, it. Too. I'm, I'm really digging Superman at the moment. So yeah, I think I think you'll you'll like this then. I think you'll. Yeah. I'm I'm I've actually like it at least. I think you'll yeah. yeah yeah I think you'll have an appreciation for it. I'm actually very. I'm. I'm about to break my uh, modern comic embargo. Is that the right word? I want to read Philip Kennedy's Superman. Me too. I really hope they release it as. Uh, do you know what? Do you know what? We should. Uh, we should do another omnibus episode. Yes. Yes. Uh, every year we should do our most wanted. We should. Because yes. actually, that's one thing I think I'd really love to see as an omnibus. I know it's kind of like spoiler, but we're talking about it. I think they should collect that and the son of yeah. Superman stuff together because it all connects. Yeah. At that chunk of time for the action comics and I would read that. Superman Son of Kal-El and, and do it as one book. I would read that. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Cause I the, the way it looks and it's it just seems like a book under the radar, but just the art itself and the I liked Exile, Superman Exile, like War yeah, World. Me too. I enjoyed that sort of seeing yeah. Superman off planet idea. So Philip Kennedy did a lot of that with it. It's exciting. Philip Kennedy Johnson, right? That's his full name. He did so. uh, Lost, Last Lost God. God. Last, Last God. God. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful book. Beautiful book. High praise for that one. So yes, Birthright. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. I'm going to... I'm going to do a bit of a left field one. Um, I don't normally like doing stuff that's not a volume one or a contained when we yeah, do these. Yeah, me too. I'm going to do a volume 12. Nice. Um, <laughs> so it's for The Girl from the Other Side, which is, I don't read a lot of manga. Um, the only two titles I followed really, really closely were uh, Gantz, which is also nearly finishing, but um, I'll go into that another time. But the girl from the other side, volume twelve, is the end of the series, and I think it's it's, um, I think it's kind of like stories that are set between some of the earlier stories. But basically, this 12, 12 part book, twelve series of twelve books, um, they're really little, as most manga are. Um, it's just about this little girl this adult with her called who she calls teacher who looks like um quite a scary all black kind of almost raven headed guy 
but dressed very nicely. I mean, he's looking after her. It's not kind of creepy in that whole kind of Leon way. Um, but it's the, it's kind of eerie, but it's, it's you start to realise it's quite sweet and it just follows them and it's followed them for ages, but actually they are trapped on the outside. But you're trying to figure out what they're trapped on the outside of. So they're on the other side of the wall of this city and this disease has kind of spread through people and it's turning them into these dark creatures and Teacher is one of them. Um and I'm not actually read the last couple of books because I wanted to save them up and read them in one sitting because they're, you can read them in about 25 minutes, the whole book. Um, but it's, as it starts to come together over time, it it gets pretty intense um, because they encounter other creatures that seemingly used to be humans or animals that are talking to them and their enemies. Humans think that she started this plague and it starts to really build up into this whole, like, what is going on in this thing? What's really happened? Um, and why, how did she end up on the other side in the first place? But I've loved it. It's by N- Nagabe or Nagabe. Um, and it's, yeah, it's very sweet. It's kind of sinister. <laughs> um, but it's, I really strongly recommend it. If, if you feel like you've come to it late and you don't want to buy it, 12 volumes um they are also re-releasing them in hardcover three volumes a piece um i think volume two is due out soon or it is out so there's one or two volumes available already um it's great pick it up nice i don't want to say too much about it because it's full of surprises yeah you don't want to spoil the whole thing like i do with superman birthright (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm gonna just cancel Superman Birthright. Wait now. for this yeah. moment. I don't need Wait to read for it. this moment. <laughs> <laughs> Let me know when that happens. Tell me what you thought. The worst. <laughs> All right. What do you cool. want to spoil now? Let's spoil. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna go uh, across the street to the other competitor at Marvel. This is probably on your list. I apologize. I'm gonna take it from you. If it is. But it's, uh, it's something we had said needed to be made into an omnibus for a while. And it's perfectly timed, of course, because of the movie Black Panther by Christopher Priest, Volume 1. Um, I've, heard, I've heard people, before I ever read it, there, for some podcasters, I would hear them talk about how much this was like their favorite comic book run of all time. Like that's how well regarded they, they put it up there. So Any I was, comic? Yeah. As, just as a, a wow. comic book series. The Christopher Priest run specifically of Black Panther was always spoken of very highly and it was part of that time where uh, Joe Quesada and Jimmy Palmiotti like took a few characters that they weren't really too invested in at the time Marvel and said let us just work with it and have our our writers and, and artists do what they feel almost like its own editorial side Marvel Marvel Knights yeah. right Marvel Knights yeah and I think this omnibus collects up to what I've read. I haven't even read the whole series. So this first volume is, I think, the first 33 issues. And Yeah, yeah. But, I, th- yeah. I think it's two, two of the complete collections of softcover. I had it pre-ordered. I already own the comic, so I just left it. But I highly recommend it. If you like the Black Panther movies, like it, it, it's, it, start, it begins with Christopher Priest, really. Many it, it, ways. It, it'll be very familiar. If you've seen the films, a lot of the inspiration 
is from this run. Yeah. Yes. You, there's a lot of things that you would like from the films that wouldn't exist if not for Christopher Priest's take. Yeah, on totally. Black Panther, completely. I, I think one of the reasons why I didn't really like the film as much as I wanted to is because I knew it was kind of inspired by this run, but it didn't run with enough of it, I don't think. I get it. I get what you mean. Um, did you ever read Don McGregor's Black Panther stuff? No. So there's it's the movie. I ended up purchasing the epic collection of Don McGregor's run of Black Panther. Yeah, it's quite, like the Jungle Action issues or the, Marvel premiere issues. Those ones, yeah, the ones that that it was the one from the seventies. So I don't. It, well, I think Jungle I think Action. Jungle Action, and, and then it became Black Panther, main title. Right. Yes, I think you're right. I think so. It's it's beautifully illustrated, and there were elements from there combined with Christopher Priest. It's like a little right. blend, and then of course, oh, okay. and then of course the Reggie Huddleston stuff, which I didn't read. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I didn't really like it. I hear mixed things about it, but the there's even like panels and scenes from the McGregor run where you're like, ah. I know why they oh, okay. shot the scene that way. Like that's that makes sense. Like the whole waterfall fight scene, stuff like that. Oh. Yeah. Beautiful panels from the McGregor run. I, I forget who the artist was. Let me check on my shelf here. No, it doesn't say. I have to pull a book out. Apologies. I can't remember. Yeah. But with um with Black the Black Panther by Christopher Priest, I think it's mostly drawn by Sal Valuto. That's the name that I think of the most. It starts with Mark Teixeira. Yeah, who's perfect for it. I thought his stuff was brilliant. Yeah. Like, really, really good. Really good. Really good. Um, and then, yeah, Salvaluto. I think he pretty much stays on it till... He's on it, like, the most consistently. Yeah. I think is the best way to put it. I think until around about issue 50. Yeah. To, like, 49-ish or, or a few issues before, I think he leaves. I want to I wanna complete that run, but I feel like i got to read the whole thing all over again. And it's you would have to. It's it's so rewarding though, isn't it? Because like he really stacks out the world. He's in, and it really establishes T'Challa as a as a character in a way that he's not been used before. Um, and also like because he is so aloof and hard to relate to, because he's a king. The average person can't relate to a king, so that he gives him such a good support cast. And they add in um, what I think really worked with it was the accidental racism that comes from pretty much the sole white character in it. And he's meant to be the voice of the white reader looking in, going, but I thought this is what happened. Like, no. Yeah, you know? yeah. Which was a really canny move. Like, it's a really good move. Um, and, and Christopher Priest has always been, and, he's always been ballsy like that. Yes, very ballsy. And in a good way, where he, he just puts it in your face. If this makes you uncomfortable... Like even in Quantum and Woody, I don't know if you if you've ever read. I want to read his Quantum and Woody. His Quantum and Woody is is quite, it's quite ambitious. Like I think that's where he started doing the, the cut scene. Ah, oh, what the interview scene kind of stuff. That sort of thing. But even when he changes location and he'll like put a panel where like this time this place and it'll have like a subtitle like this is it's almost like you you know what i mean it's a christopher priest sort of trope that he does in all of his books now he does now yeah he does it in all his books but i think it started with quantum and woody and fabian nishieza i think was his editor 
on that. And they broke the fourth wall in like even their editorial because the the, the whole tandem of, of the Quantum and Woody team is this black and white guy. And there's an episode where, or an issue where they actually swap bodies. Really? Right? Like a Freaky Friday episode. Like a Freaky Friday. But you you realize that if that were to happen, you suddenly know things about that person that's like, oh my gosh, I know this about you now, right? Like, And, and they go there. They do that sort of thing. So yeah, Christopher Priest on Black Panther. Christopher Priest in general, I think, is a very underrated writer. He's, he's really good at the craft. I think he's he's one of those people that's like there is a lot of politics in his stuff as well, and not in that you know the way that the word politics is used nowadays. No. But when you're talking about a, a king of a country, he has to deal with negotiating with other countries and how his country is perceived. And he does at one point clash with Namor briefly, I think. And there's like a three way war between Namor, Doom, and Black Panther. I, I think it's just one story arc, but that would be familiar to people. Obviously, who's just seen. One exactly. Film. They'll probably be handled in a very different way, in quite a smart way, unlike the film, from what I understand. And and the thing too is like Christopher Priest, like he did it with Deathstroke, he did it with Black Panther. Um, I'm trying to think of another one that's not coming to my mind, but he doesn't tell you how you're supposed to feel. He puts the no. character, he puts the characters and the reader in like a conundrum where it's like, my, is this still the hero? It's like, man, it must be tough being king. It isn't that easy to be T'Challa. Yeah. And this is, I think, the, the, the time where you really explore it on a ambassador level, on a royalty level, and then just on a human... Like, then he's a member of the Avengers. Like, there's all yeah. these different hats he wears. Well, they even reveal why... Why would a king of another country join the Avengers? They even go into that. There's a lot in this. It's, it's very dense. It's it, very, this very is, dense. This is the Black Panther run. Totally. I, I yeah. think... Yeah, it's the definitive. Like, when people say, you should read... No, no, no. Christopher Priest, Black Panther, is the Black Panther. Yes, completely. And if you totally. want to read Black Panther and you love the movies, buy this omnibus. You will not be disappointed. Just don't expect it to be his popcorny. No, no, it's gonna. It'll be. It'll have more depth. Yes. And not in the ways that. Not in the ways that people would think. Obviously. Not even in those ways. Like the way we would think today. Like oh, they're gonna talk. They do. They talk about all of those pressing issues, but. It's not that. No. It's, nothing's rammed down your throat. It's it's a great. It's a genuinely smart, funny, great read. Yeah, highly highest recommendation. I had to mention it. Good shout. Your turn. Good shout. I'm gonna pick um, a DC one. Ooh. Instead of being um, some snobby, oh, no, you won't have heard of this guy. <laughs> the entire thing. Um, so Catwoman, Lonely City, mm. um, I've been waiting for for so long. It's okay. Cliff Chang um, on his own. So he's writing and providing the artwork. I don't know how much the artwork. I don't know if he colours it as well. So I don't want to say he's drawing it when he, he might well do much more than that. Um, oh, no, it's he writes, draws letters and colours it. Wow. Apparently. Wow. So impressive. No matter how it turns out, you're going to like 
fair play to him. Um, I don't know a huge amount about the story. I kind of, I don't want to, so I'm not going to say, so I'm, I don't want to spoil it for myself. Um, but it's the four issue black label, DC black label thing. So it's, it's um, that kind of traditional graphic novel size. So like the bigger, squarer page format, bigger than your, your average uh, trade paperback. I think this is a hardcover. Um, so yeah, four issues, Spotlight on Catwoman, Cliff Chang. I frankly, if that doesn't sell it, <laughs> I don't know what will. Yeah, and, and and the good thing about the black label is that it it allows the writer, artist, whoever the visionary is, to take that character into a what if space, and essentially yes, and yes. and and do whatever is like best for the sake of the story. Yeah, so the black label, a lot of it is standalone. Not all of it. I mean, some some stuff that used to be Vertigo. Yeah. Uh, creator owned like preacher and yes whatever else um is under black label now american vampire probably transmetropolitan if they release that again um so it's kind of it's more generally more adult themed um and these new stories which things like uh, previously they've done wonder woman um the daniel warren johnson mm, wonder woman one. A fantastic. now i can't think of the title dead earth um, the question by Jeff Lemire, not not quite as good. Um, I didn't like it as much. No, I really didn't like. It. I wanted to, but I didn't. Um, hopefully, that won't be the case with this one. But it, it's standalone. Don't worry about the continuity. It's Catwoman. Ha- go have some fun. And I think that's the best part of it. Is like go into this knowing you don't need to know everything. Yeah. All you need to that's- know is is what happens to the character in this book. That's it. It's one of the most things I think about some of the modern DC stuff is that there is that standalone, do you know what, I really like that creator. I mean, it's the, it's the guy that drew Paper Girls. Um, yes. And Wonder Woman. And Wonder he Woman. did the Brian Azzarello Wonder Woman. He's the right guy so, for this book, I think. It's well, it's a well-casted it. book. I've seen the covers. That's all I've seen. And they look so good. So I'm well up for this. And it, it might be very disposable it might be heavy it might be funny it might not be fun. I have no idea but I'm I'm willing to give this a, a shot and to the point where I'm putting it on this list good pick I, uh, I'm i going to keep my eye out for this now as well another one that I gotta pay put on uh, Catwoman Lonely City good call Cliff Chang you, you're right you can't go wrong no it's like it's, 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 I can it's imagine kinda it'll like, be good no matter what happens it'll be at least decent and for those that are listening that may not know what who Cliff Chang is or what that means that he drew Paper Girls or whatnot, it's when we mention these uh, artists or writers, it's, think of it in the same way as you hear a, a director or the Coen Brothers writing a movie. It's like you're going to give it a chance just on the the sake of the name. Yeah, I mean, he's he's definitely proved himself to be quite a great. I mean, he's an incredible artist. As he's got a very clean, simple, accessible style. Yeah, but his storytelling. And that's where you kind of go to compare it to films. Like, it'd be cinematography, I guess. Even though people don't go, who's the cinematographer on Raises uh, <laughs> the Lost Ark? No one knows. Um, I'm sure someone knows. Someone's shouting right now. Um, but it's that kind of thing. It's basically someone that understands how a story can flow, at least visually. I don't know if it's the first thing he's written or not. Yeah, um, I don't know that either. But we'll, we'll find out how that goes. Yeah. Good pick. All right. Um, okay, one that, uh, the next one I'm going to go with is something I'm actually expecting. So I've never read this book, 
it's being re-released, so it's been out previously. You've had plenty of opportunity to read it, uh, those listening. But I've never read it, and I it, it it's one of those ones where it's like, do I get the omnibus? Do I care enough? Do I just want it in trades? And they never DC never completed uh, doing the the second volume in the trade. So it was what a, is it? It's Sleeper. From Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. Yeah, it's the second time they've released it. Because yeah. I've got the, the previous release. Yes. Um, so it's been out before in omnibus form. And, but it's and, really hard to get because it's been a long time since they've released it. Yes. that's And that's why this time around I said, if I see that pre-order uh, deal, I got to get in on it quick because this is something that eludes you sometimes. Mm. And there was a reprinting of the... They are going to do it in two chunks, two nice trades of the Sleeper yeah, Complete Collection right. kind of thing. And they never did the second volume. Commit, DC. So Seriously. I never I never committed to a format on how to read it. And now that it's all together, it's a very simple premise. Um, let me see here. I had it pulled up just to describe it. To it's set in the Wildstorm... <clears throat> universe isn't it it's well even though it, i don't think it that really even affects it does yeah, it because I, I, it's I don't know set in the same universe as the authority is it uh, yeah and and stormwatch and all those it does briefly i think there's a one shot in there that does which is coup d'etat one shot it, it ties in that's an event it's a world storm event otherwise it's essentially standalone wonder if they're that's gonna... my understanding very cool i didn't know it was in the same universe but it's basically a spy story. Um, agent, the character's agent Holden Carver is forced to live one day at a time in a deadly game of cat and mouse. He plays with the leader of the secret criminal organization he has infiltrated while trying to elude detection. Yeah, I'm in. Ed Brubaker, Sean Phillips. Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. I mean, the thing is that at the moment, and they've actually said this, and well, Brubaker said it, that they put their names on the cover and their name is the selling point. They've got a book out next year called Night Fever and I've ordered it on the strength that it's Brubaker and Phillips that's it I don't even know what the story is yeah it almost it's doesn't. them yeah it's them what are they going to do I want to see what they come up with this time yeah yeah it's like it again an example that Dave wouldn't necessarily appreciate but it's like people who like Christopher Nolan they're going to go watch it off of the strength yeah. that it's him this is true it's, it's a fair shout yeah yeah he's, so. he's a dick um, <laughs> so I'm looking forward to actually reading this because uh, it's not it's it's never listed in his like the best of his stuff, but it's well regarded because it is I think an early incarnation of, of them teaming up. I think it could be the I could be wrong, but it could be the first time they teamed up. Cause it's quite old now, but yeah. I mean like quite old. It's like probably early two thousands, I think, when it originally came out. Single issues, yeah, something like that, or late nineties. Um. But it was getting high praise. And and the things with those two, they generally write a lot of crime stories. So not wanting to spot I mean, the whole thing is he's a sleeper agent in this criminal organization. I think they're super powered, but I'm not hundred percent. And then I think his contact is the only one that knows he's in there, is killed. Mm. So no one knows he's an agent, he's a sleeper agent <laughs> apart from him. Yeah, that's awesome. That sounds great. Like that in itself. Is just such a great concept. I don't know if anyone else has done it. It sounds like something that should have been done a million times, but I don't recall ever seeing it. 
And because it's got that slant of being probably like a semi-super universe with Wildstorm, um, just adds another level to it. Yeah. But they, they love their crime stuff. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. It's one of it's the things that I've, I've kept on my uh, pre-order list. I've edited it here and there, but that's one where I'm like, I don't want that to escape me this time. Yeah, good shout. Really good shout. Was that on your list? No, because I've I've already got it and I okay. missed it. So I, I so haven't glad you picked it. So is, is Black Panther the only thing that I've taken off your list? So far. Okay, cool. All right. Your turn. You might take okay. you might take this one off of the list for me. Okay. Well, I'm gonna chance. I'm gonna chance this. I know that. Right. I don't <laughs> think this is on your list. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. I know that route. Then you're gonna rob it from me on the on the fifth. Yeah. Um, so my second to last pick is again. It's like a it's a late volume, which mm. I don't normally do, but it's the final volume. So um, I've never read it. Um, I'm not a huge Sandman fan. Hmm. I I've tried to read the beginning so many times, and I have read later stories. But I generally don't really like the Sandman. Um, but there's t- there were tons of spin-offs of the Sandman back in the day, um, like Dead Boy Detectives and Lucifer, which is Lucifer's fairly famous now because there's a TV series based on it. Um, this is Books of Magic, which a lot of people say inspired Harry Potter. And the main character in it looks basically like Harry Potter. Hmm. Um, kid with glasses, so I mean, like that's Harry Potter immediately, isn't it? But kid with glasses who does magic, boom, Harry Potter. Yeah. Anyway, um, this is volume right. three, and it's, it's um, DC often don't get to omnibus volume three unless it's got Batman written on the cover. Yeah, that's um, true. Or so on this occasion, they've done it, and it's quite an obscure series, you know, in, in comparison. But it is about this magic user kid called Tim Hunter who I think I don't know a huge amount about it past that but he's basically got magical um, abilities and I think it's basically tracks his life over the course of all the books of magic stuff um, so I think especially adulthood so he goes from being quite young to an adult and it stacks I mean this is volume three of very very chunky omnibus I mean this on it in its own is 1200 pages it's big and it's got um, the, a lot of stuff I don't even know what it means. Like the Trench Coat Brigade wants four, Names of Magic wants five, Hunter the Age of Magic one to twenty five, Books of Magic Life During Wartime one to fifteen. I mean that's that's a lot of comics. Anyway, that's like nearly fifty issues, um, and it's the end. So I don't know what the availability of volumes one to two are, but this was a pretty well renowned um, Vertigo series through the 90s um, and I think these issues take it into the early 2000s but I could be wrong it, it was very popular and I'm just I've never read it because there's so much there and I think the omnibus format what it does is like it rather than us have to buy what 15 volumes or so you know or more if they do it in like little six issue chunks this basically does it in three three books they're very heavy yeah. My understanding is they're worth the money. I'm willing to give it a shot to the point where I'm going to go, I've got all, this will be the third volume and I haven't read volume one yet. Wow. Yeah. Going yeah. in blind. That's, 
I really, really hope you enjoy it. Me too. <laughs> it's a big investment. And I know that you'll make sure you read it to say, this sucks. <laughs> I bet you I read four issues and go, do you know what? I'm selling them. <laughs> I hope but not. It's, um, Cy Spencer, John Nave Ryber, is he pronounced? I don't know. Um, Richard Case is doing the art with Dean Ormston as well. Dean Ormston did Black yeah. Hammer. Yeah. Um, Richard Case has done so many. Oh, he did Doom Patrol, um, Doom Patrol with Grant Morrison. Um it's it's you can't it's what you expect of Vertigo when Vertigo was at its height. Right, right. That makes so, sense. Yeah. And it's it's I like the, the fact that they follow so much of his life, you know. So it's really promising. I'm really, really keen to read it. I've I used to be very anti magic stories. I always thought that like magic in in fiction is um it generally just tends to be old men chatting each other going my magic's more powerful than yours no mine's more powerful than yours my dad can be your dad up it's just a bit pathetic you know um how do you know quantify it you doddering old bastards it's, it's just like how does it work so I, th- I think with this i don't know i think it has a bit more depth to it mm. and i'm just really really keen to read it um and it does spin out apparently so it's, it says sandman universe presents the books of magic Omnibus Volume Three, so it it is related. I don't even know how Tim Hunter fits into the Sandman stuff, but I don't really care. I think you can read it pretty much without reading the Sandman if you don't want to read the Sandman. That's because cool. I don't. I've got the I I got the deluxe editions recently because I'm going to give it one final shot at the Sandman because um, I know that the Kindly Ones storyline is really good because I read that when I was younger, a lot younger, like twenty something years ago, but. Those first issues, are they're not fun. It, it is a, um, I don't like using this word, but it's a commitment. I want to say chore, but it isn't, it's more of a commitment. <laughs> no, no, it's a chore. <laughs> yeah, like you, you have to go, it's, it's like when people say just get through the first three episodes and it'll, you know, you'll be on your way. Yeah. you got to get into the world and get a feel for it and and understand the way the story is now being told it's this is and it makes you realize like oh this is why comic books are special mm-hmm. because you can okay. do stuff like this right and and i think that's what i had what i when i read sandman it opened me up to that like okay eliminate your expectations and all the hype and just read it like it's the first time in the late 80s when this is coming out and, and what else is there to compare compare it to and, and how does does it get better over time? And it does. It does. Mm-hmm. So I got the second volume to complete that and Preacher on my list of oh, Preacher. volumes to complete. I love Preacher so much. <laughs> um, I think with, with this as well, like the first, not to kind of hop back to volume one, which isn't which is already out, you know, but Neil Gaiman does the first four issues series, I think. And then I think John Lay Ryber picks it up. I could be wrong again. I don't know. But I think Gaiman only does a bit. So if you're not even, even if you're not really into Neil Gaiman, I mean, most people would slap you around the face for saying you're not. But um, hmm. it's not all about him. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Alan Moore and Neil Gaiman, watch out. <laughs> <laughs> I could fight them in a car park. I bet you could. And that those are two guys you could say, okay, you old man, let's see you with your magic. <laughs> and then Grant true. Morrison lowers and descends from the sky. I've got the magic. I bet he actually would. Um, Alan Moore would just hit you with his rings. Yeah. 
and smack me around the head with his glycon statue. <laughs> oh, all right. I'll give you my number five, and I'm gonna throw um, throw a curveball. I'm not gonna go with the one you think I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna let you pick it if you want to, if you want to, because I think you. What does neither of us do? Well, we'll have to throw it in the um, bonus features. I'm gonna go with something I've never read at all, except for a mini series within the run, just because it was Spider-Man related, and it says it's coming out very soon. I wanted to pre-order it, never bit, but I'm going to keep my eye on it. And that's the Venom Omnibus by Cates and Stegman. And I, and I like it because it's got a creative team through it. I like when that happens. It makes it's me hope. It's a whole series. Yeah. It's uh, all 35 issues plus the miniseries that are included with Absolute Carnage and King in Black and all the tie-ins for it. Now, Absolute Carnage has its own mega story with all the tie-ins. And I think King in Black, they both have their own omnibus, right? They do both, yeah. But I feel that this, it, they're all Venom stories, essentially. Like they they're stem out of this mini, or this series. So I've only heard good things about it. It's kind of like that Dark Horse comic in the sense of, it's always it always has a presence where people are kind of like, are you reading that? It's pretty good. Are you reading that? And I like Ryan Stegman. Yeah, Ryan Stegman is fantastic. And he loves... He's gotten better and better over the years. Completely. And he loves the Spider-Man universe. And I think he was like, he's the right guy to be drawing Venom because that's what he was kind of inspired by as a, as a young artist. Like he loved those characters. I've heard him speak oh. about it. So, okay. so I think it, all of his joy and passion was put into the book and so yeah. far and so far i've i've been entertained and i've enjoyed things i've read by donny cates and i haven't read a ton but i'm willing to give the book a try cool i'm willing to give it a shot and and again another break in the in the modern comic embargo that i've had where i've not been <laughs> keeping up with anything i'd give this a run cool was this good, anywhere good. on your radar I, what, well, that book, Just, I read the first three issues. You didn't like it? <laughs> I don't like Tony Cates. Okay. I just can't get behind his writing. But, like, I'm, I'm in the minority. He's he's a very popular writer. Yeah, I've, I've, um, I can't think of anything of his that I can say that I dislike. But I also am thinking of Crossover a lot. The image type, the image book um, that he's done with Jeff Shaw. He also did Baby Teeth, which was that's the, the one series of his that I've quite that I've liked for the most part. Right, right. I heard about the ending that. wasn't quite what I wanted, but it was it was good for the most part. Yeah, yeah. I'm happy that that a book like that run is being collected, and when it whenever something is not that old and they're presenting it to you that way, you always kind of feel like they stand behind this. That that's a good sign. I think one of the things that Marvel's proving at the moment is like is is that belief in the product. Um, I can't fault them for that. No, they are they are literally standing by the stuff they do and going, you know what, this deserves it, and that's great. Um, I don't do the whole. I'm bored of the whole Marvel versus DC pseudo argument that's mostly now revolving around the films, but it is something that DC needs to take note of because they're not committing. They're not committing in the same way. I mean, we're still waiting for Volume 3 of Justice League International. 
omnibus. You know, yeah. we're still waiting for so many volume twos of collector editions. You've got to commit. Yeah. And you've got to stand by your product. So I agree. Kilos to Marvel, they, they are they are actually doing that. Yeah. Your fifth. Take it away, My Dave. Fifth. My fifth is um, DC who, who who's who omnibus no it's not um, <laughs> my fifth is the Starman compendium volume I've picked a load of volume twos and fives and twelves but um, I know we're talking about it like it's out <laughs> I really hope it comes out it's coming out it is it should um, it is. and that will be the whole series that two yeah. volumes um, that's the whole set um, Starman, I've, I've literally read a lot of it on DC Infinite while I'm waiting because I can't wait. It's so, so incredibly good. Like it's high praise. And the thing That's is, every time you get Dave. these, yeah. <laughs> How often do I say that? Not <laughs> often. Um, it's the great. The, the best thing about it is the relationship between um, Jack Knight, who's the new Starman, and his dad who was the original starman um his brother was starman as well which is part of what triggers the whole starman this starman saga how many times can i say starman but it's it's the relationships he has and also the support characters and the world he builds and and the fact that one of the main characters in the support cast is a villain um and he's one of the best characters in it and you think like he's not going to be that prominent because i mean he was he was an enemy of the original Starman was just the shade, but he's such a good character in it, and the time he spends fleshing these things out, even even when characters don't survive, you still find out more about them, and it's very very emotionally driven. Um, but there's one particular storyline in Volume Two, which is which is the one that hopefully is coming out this this month and isn't pushed back or doesn't just fall off the face of the earth, where the ending was such a gut wrencher at the last page you're going wow this was an intense storyline and then it hit the last page and I literally just kind of went <gasps> you know it was like, oh god whoa that hit me it was just it was so good and and you kind of think like the, the arts Knights Peter Snaberg uh, or Snagerberg I don't I know, I know, I know your name. I know how to pronounce everyone's names, and it's disrespectful <laughs> if you don't. I'm not taking the piss. I'm literally just shit at this. Um, <laughs> but so I am sorry, genuinely. <laughs> but it's it's quite understated artwork. Um, Tony Harris was on some of the earlier issues, I think, as well. It's it's like they've, it's again, it's a very vertigo feeling series. It mm-hmm. feels like an indie book. It doesn't feel like a mainstream DC book, and because it isn't a mainstream DC book, it's a very, you know, below the radar series. And as James Robinson writes it, I think people have kind of forgotten just how good James Robinson was. Um, and he's doing stuff again now. I think. I mean, like, I really, really want to go back and find his Leave It to Chance stuff with Paul Smith because I love Paul Smith. And now that I realise how good James Robinson is, I think his Marvel stuff. I don't think there's much of it. It wasn't. It didn't stand out for me, and I think he's worked better in DC. I mean, people anyway. people always talk about that Starman run in the highest oh, regard. It's, it's the same way people talk about Preacher, and you know those vertical lines. People, yeah. N- no one ever disparages. No one ever says Starman was like 
ah, it's all hype. I've I've yeah. read the reason I didn't list it was because I know you've been reading it, so you'd really be able to um, advertise it in a more uh, sincere way. Because I've only read tw- the first twenty eight issues of the first compendium, okay. and I've enjoyed it, but I I took a break and I never went back because it was it was dark and heavy and and I just needed something a little bit lighter for a while. I think we mentioned it on the podcast once, but yeah, now when it's coming out. I'm like I gotta I gotta finish that because I know it gets better, and that first volume is you definitely see why people loved it. I think there's a thing in that first volume that's almost reminiscent of Invincible in in a way because I think those that first chunk again it's like getting through the first three episodes, but it's getting through was the first thirty issues and there's nothing bad about the first thirty issues, but you're kind of going where is this going I don't know where this is going this isn't like a normal superhero book which is great. That's one of the best things about it. Um, but like you said, it's a lot. Like you have to yeah. retain a lot of information because there yes. are so many characters that are are no one's no one's a. Everything you're introduced to, there's there's a value to it. Yeah, it's all it all has relevance and it all comes back. So there's a payoff, right? Um, there's there are multiple payoffs, and just when you kind of go like this should ordinarily the story I've just read, which is probably about halfway through this volume, volume two, um, that would be enough for someone to go, I've had my fun, I'm out. And there's tons more to come. And you're kind of like, what more have you got? I literally can't guess what you're going to do next, which is, that's what storytelling is. Yeah. That's what great storytelling is. I don't want to be able to figure it out. Or if I do figure it out, you know, it's like, oh, I thought you were going to go there, but oh, it's even better than I thought. I don't know what's going to happen. And it's it's just so good, and, and and I can't, I literally can't recommend it highly enough. But it's worth sticking with. And one of the benefits I think of getting it in compendium format is it means you do get a chunk, and it does encourage you to stick with it and keep reading, um, because you pay for a big chunky book. Yeah. <laughs> but I think like it's a very affordable format. So it they is. were going to release this originally as two um, omnibuses, but that would have been what twice the price. You you I think it would have been. They would have been two hundred dollar books for, in Canada. They would have been priced that way. It would have been the the highest priced omnibus you could get on the market, right? Whatever they the, the top price of a hardcover goes for. But this yeah. is these uh the fables as well as this, and I would even say the milestone. You get a lot of value for your dollar in those formats. You do, you, you do. do. We, we were mentioning this before because I mean, like, I'm, we're no doubt going to mention it in the future as well. Like they're, they're releasing people who like Alan Moore. They're releasing top ten as a compendium soon. They're releasing Tom Strong as a compendium. I'm getting both. I do want to yeah. read those. I'm, I'm more compelled to read them in those formats than trying to like piece it together. Because a lot of times when you miss a printing uh, or when they don't complete a printing of a of a run, you have like a. Yeah this format came in hardcover, but then I had to get the soft. Oh, it's like, that's annoying. It's annoying because it's never uniformed. So if they give you a uniformed way to, to, to view something or to read it, like the compendiums are a really nice option. They really are. And that's the thing. There's going to be two nice chunky trade paperbacks on your shelf together with a complete story. Yeah. That's amazing. Is have so, you, Yeah. You're talking about Starman. I'm talking about Starman at okay. this point. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. That's good. It's exciting when you know that something you're enjoying gets better. Yeah. 
that's that's just it. it it's I probably would compare it to how it was reading Invincible in that way because that's when once you hit the stride, oh, man. you can't put it down. Invincible's so good. Invincible's and I found I found Exo Man of War like that as well. Right. Oh, Vince! Oh no, I'm not going to mention it now. We'll do it in another episode. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, well, we gave them another top ten of things to look forward to, things to read. Um, hopefully, they all get released, and uh, whatever we've recommended, people enjoy. Yes, give me the give me the bonus. <laughs> I didn't forget. I didn't forget. <laughs> I forgot. Um, I'll keep it really quick. Um, but also the, the stuff that I kind of personally think is worth picking up um or might be for some people uh, ult- uh absolute multiversity which is the massively oversized version of grant morrison's multiversity it's really highly praised i thought it was okay but it's they're giving it the format so uh also absolute swamp thing by lem lem Wien and Bernie yes. Wrightson, yeah which i thought is that might have been close to getting but I thought that was on your list just i can't afford it um archer and armstrong um by valiant the original series, which is drawn by Barry Windsor Smith, is getting a release, um, which is about the first ten issues. Nice. So that's very appealing. Ascender Deluxe Edition, which finishes off the set of the Jeff Lemire series. So Descender Volumes One and Two Deluxe came out a little while ago. This is Ascender, which is essentially Volume Three, um, and it's a much bigger volume because it's that whole series in one book. Mm-hmm. Um, Critical Role Vox Machina Origins Three. I love Critical Role as a series but also the comics are so good they're really funny and I'm actually hoping they release three and four in a, a library but for those looking out for Vox Machina it's uh, three is, is out soon Death of Superman 30th Anniversary Deluxe Edition um, is on its way I, I don't know if that'll be serialised you know with like the Reign of the Superman Deluxe or, or whatever if there are plans for that or if it will just be the Death of Superman storyline and that's it yeah it's collected Natural. it's collected with more stuff in it this time is it it's not the omnibus though is it it's, it's not the omnibus it's it's no. like 11 issues and then some supplements so it's a little bit bigger than the original trade paperback of it so I don't know okay. what's in it yeah I, it's, yeah, I didn't check what, what else was in it but it, yeah it sounds like it's a chunky um, Friday Volume 2, which is Ed Brubaker with Marcos Martin. I just read Volume 1, and it is really good. Um, it's basically like a crime, it's a crime-solving girl that goes back home to her hometown, and she looks into all these funny little weird mysteries. Um, but it gets a bit more grown-up because she's older. Um, so her and her friend used to look into strange goings-on when they were kids, but now things are much darker, and there's a bigger secret. And it's, it's a really nice little mini-format. Um, but it was run on our pal syndicate, which is Brian K. Vaughan's online comic format where you can pay whatever you want. So you can go online and just read it now, potentially for free or pay 10 bucks or 10 cents, whatever you want to pay. But the books are really nice. And Smartcast Martin as well, his art is just gorgeous. Um, official Handbook of the Marvel Universe 89 update, which is that they did the 1986, 85, 86 series, whatever it was, the 20 issue one. And it was such a nice, nicely produced book. Um, so this is the next bit, which was released in 1989, as the title suggests. It was like nine issues, I think. And it's all just character profiles and everything from that time. So by modern standards, it's quite heavily out of date. But I've got a soft spot for Marvel handbooks. Um, Predator, the original year's omnibus is coming out from Marvel, so that collects a lot of the Dark Horse Predator stuff. 
Um, Spider-Man, the wedding album, gallery edition. So that will be the now didn't happen um, wedding story with Peter and Mary Jane from 1997, <sighs> I think it was. Um, so it's, I think the Amazing Spider-Man annual should be a spectacular Spider-Man annual and the build-ups from Amazing Spider-Man. Like 20, 21, something like that? 20, or 24? I can't remember. I should know. Well, Marvel Comics guide again. Yeah. <laughs> um, and finally, for those who do like handbook stuff, DC's Who's Who Omnibus Volume 2, which I think finishes the series, is coming out. I never really, I don't like the format of Who's Who. It's, it's I don't know. It's not really for me. But for those who are interested, there it is. That's, uh, that's my roundup. Nice roundup. Yeah. And it is annual 21 for people who want to see it. What, what, <sighs> what would have happened if Peter and Mary Jane got married? If they let it stick. It happened once upon a time. They'll probably make it so it happened again. Who yeah, who knows? It could happen. Uh, Dave, thank you so much. Yes. Everybody, oh, no thank you for listening. <laughs> Be sure to check us out at the Omniverse Comics Guide on Instagram. Stay tuned for more news on that, as well as uh, Cave of Solitude on Instagram. Rate and review us. It makes a difference when you rate and review us. It really does. So don't forget to do that on Apple, Spotify, whatever you listen on. We appreciate it. Uh, and we'll be back soon with more lists. And we're going to be... We haven't announced it, but maybe I could just spoil it now that we're the end of the year is coming. So we're going to do an end of the year list of our favorite reads within the calendar year. Now, that could be stuff from any decade. But what was some of the favorite things that we encountered, read for the first time, read again, whatever the case may be for 2022. So stay tuned for that, folks. That'll be fun. All right, Dave, any uh, any things you need to plug before we sign off? Uh, I was going to say something rude. No, it's probably best for those people. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Stay tuned for more. We'll be back soon.